plus I, I'm not a black coffee drinker, so this is gonna be interesting for me. But okay, so you don't drink black coffee at all? I never have. Okay, ever? But have you like tasted it once? Probably at some point. Okay, so you don't even know like what to compare it to? No. No. I wish we had done like a thing of Folgers. So, okay, try it. This is like yeah. what most people drink. This is what you're trying now. This is I mean, for newbies. This is for seasoned I, veterans. Charles can tell you I did not drink coffee until I worked here before, and he got me addicted with cold coffee, with iced coffee. Nice. He started, I should probably talk about this in the That's podcast. pretty good. Yeah, well, we're, we're recording now. Okay. So. What? It's going. Yeah, we're technically recording. Okay. We <laughs> typically edit part of the first okay. part out. Y- usually we have and some. And so- go. Welcome back to this week's episode, guys. We are excited that you are here. And many of you have talked about how you're chiming in and listening to kind of the things that are going on. And we hope you like last week's episode with us talking with our good buddy, Thomas. And it was kind of fun to, to get to hear his perspective on ministry. So I encourage you, if you haven't done it, go back and listen to last week's episode too. Hopefully it'll encourage you that uh, even though it seems like things are crazy all over the world. There are still good people and there's still good things. There's still kingdom things that are going on. Um, so that's a little bit of encouragement for you <laughs> this week. Um, but today, Travis and I have one of our good friends who is the newest on staff here at Calvary, and that is Miss Karen McGarrett. So we're excited about having her. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. <laughs> so <laughs> She's a Texan through and through. And um, so... And we also have coffee in front of us. So this is not a single origin, single estate coffee. This is a, um, if I guess the best way to describe it is uh, probably. It's a blend. It's a blend, but it's more they like. They call it a, a signature light roast. I would oh. think of it more of like everything but the kitchen sink blend. So it's like. So this actually says on the side of it, it's a rotating single origin. A rotating, so I wonder if so it's, I'm wondering if this literally is just like their leftovers or like not quite as good as what they typically like to sell. Because um, to me, this one, and I'll, I'll I'll be interested to see what you think, but I think it tastes like a Kenyan. Let me see. Let me let me see. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got some floral notes to it. It's definitely it's a sweeter. It's a sweet coffee. It's also kind of earthy. Yeah, but it's sweet. Well, okay, so y'all know I am not a coffee connoisseur. Let me ask y'all a question. You mentioned it was a light roast. What's the difference between a light roast and a blonde roast? Because to me, I tend to... Blonde is what Starbucks calls it. But it's the same? It's the same? Because I've heard that blonde roast has more caffeine, and so so I I gravitate toward that. So that's sort of true. Oh, it's light looking. For those listening, I pulled out some coffee beans. It's literally... Like when they talk about light roasted, it's yeah. literally like the color of the bean. Yeah. Okay. And okay. so. Well, what makes it have more caffeine in it? I don't really know if that's an accurate statement. Listen, I read an article about it. It's got to be true. Well, so, yeah, but yeah. it was on the internet, <laughs> I read it Charles. On the internet. Yeah, but the Folgers lab isn't as good as like an actual coffee lab. <laughs> so what I've read about the whole like light versus dark roast, because some people automatically think like, oh, dark, because it's stronger, it's got to have more caffeine. No, it's um, it's just that the bean is actually cooked more or burned uh-huh. more uh-huh. and so the thought is the lighter the roast is like the more that the caffeine like as a molecule itself is still intact. okay that makes and sense. so because it's not cooked as much it affects you more so that bean that's not ground up yet is that the mm-hmm. same type like if you put chocolate on it the kind that you can munch on yeah yeah you, you could. could do that yeah nice 
Yeah, I mean, so those people be... that sell like the chocolate covered espresso beans, like mm-hmm. they'd probably make a killing and you could just do it yourself at home with like a Hershey's Charles, bottle. Charles, that needs to be a Calvary thing. Well, yeah, no, we could. <laughs> we definitely. But I mean, it's interesting because oh, the yo. lighter. So the more that you roast it, the denser the bean gets. Uh-huh. So when it's a darker roast, it's actually easier to, to chew like uh-huh. that because it's, there's not as much uh, moisture in the bean. So you're getting a little bit more. More like, like a chip than a rock. Yeah, it's like a burnt bean. And so, <laughs> um, but that's why. I mean, they can burn a batch of beans and go, man, what are we going to do with this? Oh, let's just cover them in chocolate. And then Americans are going to buy that. And so that's what we do. But a lighter roast is a little bit more difficult to chew because you still have a ton of moisture that has not come out of the bean. And uh, for those of you guys listening, this is uh, a blend from Oddly Correct out of Kansas uh, City, Missouri. And so, um, so, but with that, when they roast it, they're barely getting it into the first crack stage, mm-hmm. which is when the bean begins to pop and open because moisture is being released out of that bean. And so they're literally like they hear of one little pop and they're like, okay, we're done. <laughs> and they just, <laughs> they stop the roast. Um, so they've oh. got it, they've got it down to a good science. Uh, I just don't have the equipment or the resources to do that myself, but. So you were saying that you don't typically drink or ever drink black coffee. Yeah, I'm fixing so to try Compared to like Folgers and a Mr. Coffee, this, it's still going to be like what you might call bitter because it, it's still coffee, uh-huh. but it should be like cleaner. Like your tongue doesn't feel like grimy afterwards. Oh, gross. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like bad coffee. This is <laughs> supposed to be yeah. not that. Okay. Um, well, if, if maybe we I won't well. hate this because I do drink my hot tea without sweetener. Yeah. So this will so. be more like tea than what people think of as coffee. Okay. Yeah. Here I go. Okay. If I, I'm glad this is audio, not video in case my I make a face. <laughs> and it's really hot in this room, you guys. And so... Yeah, so this much might suspense make me sweat for this so. moment. Yeah, I definitely have some upper lip sweat going on. Like it's pretty bad. Okay, I don't hate that. It's, okay. I mean that. <laughs> I think good start. I think it it's definitely very very strong to me because I cut mine. Uh, anyone who knows me will know that I cut mine with uh, cups and cups of creamer. Cups and so. cups. So you drink more creamer than coffee? Um, you, you, not literally, but yeah, it seems like it. Anyway, yeah, I think that's gonna be my next shirt right there. Is okay, comma. I don't hate that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm always good for a t-shirt. and coffee. So. Yeah. So they described this as <laughs> crisp, this, this clean, is, this sweet, could grow and on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It won't grow on you any more than actual coffee that you can buy off the shelf in Walmart. Because that will actually grow on you and in you because there's a good chance that it's full of mold. So That's gross. I'm um, allergic. Yeah, the, so. the, the U.S. is one of the only countries in like the developed world that doesn't check their coffee for mold. So literally, like China will get shipments of coffee from Brazil or other countries. And they'll be like, oh, no, this has mold in it. We'll resell it to the U.S. And the U.S. Oh. is like, we'll put it in our supermarkets. Yep. It's okay. So, Welcome to America, guys. We are thrilled that you're here and... But it's, what we're drinking is not that. Yeah. So. It's always good being a colonist. So <laughs> we're coming off the heels of the fourth. And so it's, it's colony day. Mm. But, uh, but no, we got Karen here and we're excited. So Karen has come on staff uh, just this past week as our new communications director here at Calvary. So she'll be overseeing a lot of our uh, inreach and outreach for our church, both uh, in print and digital, as well as developing ways for us to um, just get words out there, I guess, words, uh, to get information out to you guys, as well as uh, get people signed up and, and geared up for things. So 
Karen, we're excited you agreed to this. We literally asked you like 30 minutes ago if you want to do a podcast. And you're like, what is that? What is what do Not I do? Not what is a podcast. <laughs> I, I'm, a t- totally, I, I'm totally a podcast listener. I, lo- I have a zillion that I listen to, but I've never been on one. Yeah, she sent a lot of the questions that we have so. addressed in previous episodes. Oh, so. that's oh, true. Yes. We've, we've done a lot of your questions. Thank you. Which I, I think in one of those episodes I said, um, if we were to go through all of your questions, it would literally <laughs> take us like a full year and a half. You also Listen, asked some very. I have an inquiring mind. <laughs> you asked some very good questions that Charles and I were both like, "Yeah, we got to go read up on that one." Yeah. Again. <laughs> like it's like, been too even... long since seminary for us to remember. Yeah, we were like, I don't even know what that word is. I don't... <laughs> so... Oh my goodness, uh, Karen! Just to kick it off to you. Tell a little bit about yourself. I mean, people that have been around our church for long know that you were the secretary here for a while, yeah. and uh, you and your husband Walt teach a Sunday school class here, um, yeah. and then you've filled in with worship ministry some. So yeah, so just jump in a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, um, first of all, I'm super glad to be back in the office here. I was really excited to to start this. I've got a bunch of ideas, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what God's got in store for us. Um, I yeah, Walt and I teach the uh, twenty and thirty something class. We've got couples, we've got uh, single adults in there, and a lot of times we've got babies in there. So. You know, we just love it all, and we we kind of go from an Old Testament book to a New Testament book and back and forth, so we try and stay balanced, and we have nice. a great time. Um, but you're also, and, and this is a, I know this is a, a topic of contention. Okay. You're making you, me nervous. You are a professional harp player. I am, or was. <laughs> I, I don't play that much anymore, sadly. Um, but does that mean you're no longer a professional because you don't play I, as frequently? I don't know. I don't know. I don't make a living doing it anymore. And so... Yeah, I think that's like the definition yeah, of a professional. Really? You have to make your income off yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, Stupid. I do, have, I do have a CD So am I a professional on, pastor? So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Technically. Nice. Totally. You're, you're <laughs> a professional man of the Lord. I'm a pastor pro. Yeah. Okay. But, anyway. uh, yeah, I, I used to be an editor of a International Heart magazine and... Um, Actually, two different ones. At one point, I was the editor for the uh, Kilton Harp, which is the Scottish Harp Society of America's publication. And then I was the editor-in-chief for uh, the Harp, um, uh, the Folk Harp Journal, and that's an international publication as well. And I loved doing that, but uh, it was it was a part-time thing. And when we moved to Nacogdoches, I had decided when I had to shut my um, harp studio down that I needed to kind of get a full-time job. And so I had to put that aside. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's like a million people that play guitar. Like there's a lot of people that play piano. There's even like a handful of drummers out there. But like the harp is one of those instruments that I don't think I know a single other harp player. <laughs> like how did you I get, get into that? I get that a lot. Well, um, I grew up in Houston and things are a little bit different in a big city. Uh, now this was pre-internet when I started playing the harp and I was eight, my mother was a docent for the Houston Symphony League. Um, and she at one point put a picture of the symphony orchestra down in front of me. And she said, guess what? You're going to play an instrument, but you can pick. <laughs> and I, of course, being a little girl, looked at the harp and I thought, oh, it's that's what angels play. That's so pretty. And I pointed at the harp <laughs> and my mother was delighted until she realized she was going to have to figure out how to make this happen. And until she realized she was going to be carting it around until I could drive. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, that was a challenge at the time because there was no internet to get on there and Google. She actually did go to the Houston Symphony harpist, Paula Page, and asked her, uh, you know, where do we start? And so my first harp, they actually rented from Chicago. And um, I, I played that for a couple years. And then we found a lady in town who had a bunch of harps that we rented. And uh, I just started taking private lessons. And that was that was how it started. So and I did that all the way through. That was kind of my thing all the way through high school. So non musicians may not care about this. <clears throat> like I kind of sort of pick around on the guitar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, how are the strings arranged on a harp? Is it almost like a um, piano where it's like in order? Or? Yeah, kind of. Uh, it's if uh, the harp is at one time, it's all at once both um, a diatonic and a chromatic instrument, meaning you can play in any key, but the key that you set it to before you begin your piece or switch to in the middle of the piece is the key that you are in at that time you can uh, achieve an accidental or a key change with your feet on a pedal harp in the middle. Uh, That's what those pedals down at the the floor are. There are seven of those. Um, But as far as setting the key before you begin, you can kind of think of it, like if I set the harp to the key of C, it would be like just the white keys on the piano. And the black keys I would get by pressing the the pedals with my feet while I'm playing. So, I guess I never realized what the pedals did. Yeah. I know that you could change well, the key. Well, they don't all have pedals. My my Irish okay. harp uh, has levers up at the top. And so if when I'm playing the, the smaller harp and you see me lift my hands up to the top and move something, that's I'm, I'm kind of doing the same thing. But instead of having three positions, sharp, natural, and flat like the pedals do, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're called semitone levers and they only have two positions. So you can either get natural or sharp or in order to get a flat, you have to tune it down ahead of time. So I have my lever harp tuned to the key of E flat, which has three three flats in it. So okay, that was a little go. over my head, but I Sorry. think I got some of that. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Well, but I think the the cool thing was so Karen would come up when she was secretary here. She would come up during the day, and when things were a little slow, she usually had her harp in the in the desk area, and she'd just be playing around. So the the whole like office area would be filled with harp music. <laughs> Uh, during the day. So it's kind of fun. But there was one time you told me you were talking about the strings and you always hated it when people would touch the harp because you're like, oh, please don't touch. Please don't touch. Please don't touch. Because the cost of the strings. Oh, yeah. Well, they're not as fragile as you would think. But um, depending on what string it is on the harp, they cost a different price. Um, The very bottom ones are made of wrapped wire, kind of like a guitar string, but they're just much thicker, Mm -hmm. like you would see in the inside of a piano. And those are pretty expensive. Those are like $12 to $15 a piece. Um, But the lower lower and middle register after the wire strings are um, called natural gut, and they're made from animal fiber. And those are like $30 a piece. And then for the thickest ones, and they, they become less. And then my top two octaves are um, monofilament nylon. And so those are, f- like, just a couple bucks each. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to break one, break one of How those. many total strings so, are there on a harp? Uh, on my pedal harp, I have 47. On my um, professional lever harp, I have 36. And then I've got a harp that has – another harp that has 36. I've got one that has uh, 29. Um, I've got – one that has 30, and then I've got a wire harp that has 25. Oh, and I have one that has no strings right now that ha- would have 22. So there's all different. That's a lot of harps. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's almost as many guitars as Charles has. Almost. Yeah. I did. Well, so I have sold some. So. I, I can tell you, I also have a banjo, a uh-huh. mountain dulcimer, a hammer dulcimer, and lots of tin whistles. So, and a boat sultry. I got a boat sultry. What is that? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know what oh, that is. I haven't seen okay. that one. It looks kind of like a triangle, and it, you play it with one or two bows. And um, I'll have to bring it up here. That's interesting. Okay. Any of y'all who are listening, you can Google it. Bode Saltry, P-S-A-L-T-R-Y. Yeah, Saltry. Mm-hmm. So, because so. you and Walt used to, y'all are, <coughs> when I think about you guys, I, I think about you guys sitting out on the front porch of your house, just sitting around <laughs> playing guitar and singing like folk music. You know, we, All day long. we used to kind of do that more. Walt loves bluegrass and um, I'm kind of not in a bluegrass phase right now. I still like it, but, but that's kind of Scottish folk and things like yes. that. There's still a lot of roots for that yeah. in there. I mean, and I'm not super into the Scottish Irish Celtic stuff right now, but that's the band I used to be in. I used to be in an Irish band and um, that's my CD. Was do you want to start an Irish punk band with us? I, absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> I thought she was about to say absolutely. absolutely <laughs> yeah, we not. just need a bagpipe and some other uh, yeah. stuff. No, no, no. We'll get an Irish Scottish punk band. I mean, I mean, I guess I'd be up for playing whistle in it, but you know, I don't know about. There was an Irish punk whistle. band called Flatfoot Fifty Six. That's fantastic, and they have well, they're a Scottish punk band. I don't remember. They're just a punk band, but they had bagpipes, they had mandolins, they had violin. I mean, they had just a little bit of everything. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So so good. It is. It's it's fun. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. But, so bringing you on, you, you are our communications director yeah, now. Yeah. And uh, so this is kind of, I guess, part of communications. So you're doing your job right now. So we're Woo-hoo. proud of you. Um, but you talked a little bit about doing the harp editing magazines, things like that. Is that uh-huh. kind of where you got into a lot of like graphics and design and editing? Um, and- yeah, that's where I kind of honed things, I think. Um Starting in high school, my um, harp teacher owned one of the only or the only harp store in the southern half of the United States. And we had a large, uh, like 120 page catalog that we had to populate. And so, you know, we had to take pictures and um, do inventory items in there and little article blurbs and, and things like that. And I had to learn typesetting because uh, we all did everything. Uh, it was a very small store. Well, I mean, a kind of big store for us, but small amount of employees. And so I learned how to do that and shipping and all over the country and the world and things like that. So you could be a warehouse manager. <laughs> Maybe. I might be a bad <laughs> one, but I could do it. Um, it's like riding a bike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, I was recommended as the editor for the Folk Heart Journal one year when they needed a replacement, and I reluctantly said yes and thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, it used to drive Walt crazy because I think in order to do that, you have to be a little bit OCD, a little bit of a perfectionist, and he, I would ask him, I'd say, do you like this layout or this layout? And he'd be like, they look exactly the same. I, I don't know. And I'd be like, no, these are clearly different. No. <laughs> what? And, and so, yeah, so things like that, I, I, you know, and that's where I, before the Adobe suite came out, um, you know, I was in doing, a, uh, oh gosh, what did they Microsoft use to call Paint. it? No, 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 no. It was the, it was, it was made by <laughs> Adobe, but it was before, um, oh, um, before InDesign Before CS3 and all that. InDesign, yeah. And, um, um, yeah, I can't remember I what can't that remember was. I can't remember what it's called. I used it for years. But anyway, I, I, I started doing that platform. And there was Corel Paint, too. Oh, God, that was terrible. That was click. That was clip art. Yeah, yeah that was kind of clip art I was working with clip art. Um, Although I did like Corel Word Perfect better than, than uh, Microsoft Word. 
but yeah, I mean they didn't. were they were close enough. I I went back and forth. It was easier to write research papers in Chicago style and format or Turabian mm-hmm. when you had Corel WordPerfect. When I went to seminary, they gave me the template, the macros template for Microsoft Word, and it crashed my computer. Oh, and I was like, oh, thank you so well, much. Well, you know, nice. Microsoft was super Western complicated back then. One. So yeah. It's a lot more streamlined now. Yeah. Well, I mean, now everybody's like, oh, we got our own manual of form and style. Now I'm like, I don't know if that's how the real world works. Yeah, that's frustrating. No, that's just seminary world. Yeah, you get to write your own. <laughs> They're like, like, we just, it's here, basically Turabian, but we changed a couple little <laughs> things to call it our own. Yeah. I like the APA format because you could use Courier New and it generally added half a page when you <laughs> use Courier New versus Times New Roman, but that's just me. But that was, because it was interesting when Karen came on, a lot of the graphics in the church were, um, kind of either done by me or uh, anybody that had limited knowledge of Photoshop. And I picked up on it when I was at my previous church. Um, but I used the program when I got here called GIMP. Oh, was, I, yeah, I use that because it's free online. Yeah, yeah, GIMP was free. And it's similar to Photoshop, but not exactly. <laughs> like it, there's some little an, quirks. Yeah, it's enough different that you kind of feel like your hands are a little bit tied when, so when you first get used to it. When I got to Calvary, there were zero resources for anything ever and I remember I remember the day that I interviewed here as youth pastor and began to really pray about being here um, they had us in the days in off of North Street <laughs> and brother Paul still to this day was like they put you where um, <laughs> like it, it's fine it was fine and um, and I remember sitting up at that desk at the days in Melina's asleep and I've got my computer at the time open I've got GIMP downloaded and I was already creating like logos and things like that for the youth group and getting some things yeah. kind of going. And, uh, those are, those were fun days. I still have some of those. It was, you could really see my style has changed a lot over the years. I went from using bleeding cowboy in everything. Oh God. Yeah. To, I used to love that one too. Yeah. It's a font. That's a font. You guys, yeah, it's a font, but, uh, I use that and everything to where now I'm just like, give me the most basic serif font that's available. I want it clean. I want lines or I want it bold. Like I just don't, don't give me any curve, anything. I think I'm kind of coming ever. back around to serif too. I've always, for the last several years, I'm more of a sans serif person. But well, I think that's just the way that that things I go through go. phases. Yeah, the way that things go in design right now, design is more about simple and easy. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading an article about um, Apple's logo, mm-hmm. and they were talking about from a graphic design perspective how simple it was, and yet it is easily recognizable. Yeah. Like, you know who Apple is because of that. So when we introduced the Flame logo years ago, that was our only thing. We could put it on whatever. Yeah, it was good. And I remember going to a youth camp or a youth retreat, youth retreat where we had all the churches from our area together. And I was talking to one of the youth pastors. We were kind of blowing and going at that time. And he said, man, what is, what's kind of one of the things that's got y'all going? And I told him, I said, you see that kid in front of us walking here? He goes, yeah. I said, I've never met that kid in my life ever never seen him whatsoever he's like really he says well how do you know him i said you see what's on his wrist it's like yeah it was a silicone bracelet at the time and it was the flame logo with kind of some writing on it and the kid's just wearing it around like you're like like, no big deal (laughs) and so i asked the kid i said hey where'd you get that he goes i don't know like i found it at school i was like cool do you know anything about it he's like no i said all right have a good day man and uh but it was a recognizable logo that we could do. We could put out and people knew that is Calvary students. So I would put it on t-shirts. I would put it on bracelets. I would put it on cups, backpacks, on cups, yeah. on whatever I could. Stickers. 
anything mm-hmm. that a kid could wear into the school, the the branding of our ministry became recognizable. So, um, so yeah, graphic yeah. was always kind of a fun thing for me. I don't do any of that, so I'm glad Karen's here because <laughs> now I need a logo. Listen, we will work something out. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be an Apple logo, but reversed. Reverse. <laughs> just turn it the instead other of, way. Just instead weird. of having a bite out of it, we're going to put a worm crawling, crawling out, out of it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't look Calvary excited students. about that. Well, so. and the other thing, too, like when I came here, I think the ministry was called The Core or something like that, which I always thought was a funky name. Because think about what core, think about cores. Nuclear bomb. We talked about this at lunch. The nuclear bomb had a core, right? Yeah, no, I'm thinking Apples core have group. a core. Like, yeah. there are certain things that are negative cores. Like, you don't want that to be your core, but but I'm sure they had great intentions. <laughs> but we made it a point to make it so simple that all we did was call ourselves Calvary students. Like, we didn't want to deviate away. Like, I didn't want to. I didn't want people to go, "Hey, where do you go to church? I go to church at the core." On yeah, Wednesday, they'd be and like, what, "What's like, that? What is a core?" <laughs> we just call it youth group. Yeah, I go to youth group. Uh, yeah. But we just called it Calvary Students, uh, and then we would call it Calvary College. We just never really tried to deviate too far from that. At one point, but I, I do think it. the symbol is like important. Yeah, yeah. Like the logo, the logo really speaks yeah. a lot. I think, and that's like even our church logo. It, I think, the one that we are on right now is our third rendition of that style. So the one that you see on our front sign, that was one that I created. I created our sign, by the way. That was one I created in like six or seven years ago. At least, yeah. It's been a long it's time. Been a while. And then from there, we took that same cross outline and we actually put it in a circle and just removed the outline. Mm-hmm. And that was our logo for a long time. And that was great. But then I thought that's really kind of hard to utilize in certain ways because it just, I don't know, it became difficult to really understand what's going on. So that's when we just made the outline again, but just put a circle around it and made sharper lines and instead of making everything rounded. Uh, and that's kind of what we settled on. We did a better font. We quit going with lowercase everything. So uh, really, if you're listening to this and you have the resources to make it possible, we need a new front sign. By the road. <laughs> um, and so we have the resources to do it. But if you could... If you could say, hey, really, Charles, I need you to change out the sign. That gives me something to go to another team and go, hey, I've had some comments that so. I wish we had a sign at both driveways. That would be nice. Yeah, I think that was a more city thing. Oh, the city of Nacogdoches has a lot of rules when it comes to stallings. Yeah. Like we can't have even yard signs out in our front. I know. And that makes VBS signs and and, uh, fall festival signs kind of hard. Well, I broke the rules a couple of VBSs ago. Mm hmm. you're only supposed to have a 25 square foot sign and it has to be attached to the building in some way. So I made a 30 square foot sign. Shh, Charles. Get yeah. Out. And I attached it to the, <laughs> I made it three by 10 because <laughs> three is pretty visible. He's a and, rebel. Uh, and I just put, um, I think it just says register for VBS mm-hmm. and I would put it in front of our double doors in the very front entrance. And so there's this massive sign it's somewhere <laughs> in one of the rooms. There's this massive sign that I would attach in that way, and they couldn't touch it. But the interesting piece is the city has zero ordinances as it comes to feather flags. So we could put as many feather flags as we want to out in our front lawn. As and long as, as we are, as soon 50, as we do that, they'll make a rule about it. As long as we are 50 feet from the center of the road, that's their easement, 50 feet up from the center of the road, we can put whatever we want, and they can't say a thing. So guess what I did? For one, now. Guess what I did one year for fall festival. 
I ordered 15 foot feather flags. <laughs> we put them up at the road. Uh, it was a good year. We had a good time with it. So, anyways, but that's kind of the love I think that when you were working here, it was fun because we could go back and forth and kind of be perfectionists together and go, I don't like that yeah. color. What if we change it to this hue? What if we do this? Yeah, this? that was definitely my favorite uh, thing to do while I was here last time. Um, we could have opened like a marketing agency. And yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and you guys, for those of y'all who don't or didn't have anything to do with youth or anything like that, uh, you wouldn't know this, but Charles um, was awesome about having a t-shirt for every youth event. <laughs> Uh, which was awesome because I did not have to buy a casual uh, wardrobe for a few years because yeah. Walt and I worked in the youth. So yeah. I had so many Calvary shirts. Y'all, <laughs> y'all like filled my wardrobe. It was great. Yeah, for real. Like we. It, so take notes, Travis. Yeah, yeah we, we need did, t-shirts too. We did. I think we did upwards of three to four shirts for just youth a year. Wow. Um, so one would be kind of a generic. One was we called our Wednesday nights Rewind for a while there. And so I got an old VHS tape. I still get comments about that when I wear it. Yeah. It's black and white. And it said, and be kind, rewind on yeah. it, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it said, be kind, rewind, like the old school uh, VHS tape. I still and have right one. in the middle where you would normally have the movie title is I had the flame logo in our little CS or whatever for Calvary students. And yeah. I told the kids, I said, and it was just simple. It was a black shirt, white font or white screen print. And I just said, take this with you where every Wednesday at school or whatever, wherever you go. And it was great. It was yeah. a great promo tool. Um, I have a confession. What's up? Okay. So I had, <laughs> and it's way too late now because you're not the, the youth pastor anymore, about right, yeah. but um, I had designs. I had a, a, a good idea that I was going to do a present for you. And so I asked Melina for a bunch of um, old T-shirts that you had done. Uh-huh. And I was going to have make a T-shirt quilt out of Aww. it. The problem is I don't know how to sew. And I thought, like, I'm crafty. And I thought, I can do that. But the more I looked <laughs> at all the T-shirts, the more discouraged I became. And so I still have all the T-shirts. And maybe one day you will get a memento quilt from me with all the T-shirts. Vicky knows how to quilt. I asked her and she was not interested so in, I think, in making that. I think Dina Lunsford knows how to quilt. I think she has a long arm machine. Dina, if you're listening, hit me up. Dina's not listening. I love you, Dina, but you're probably not listening. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that'd be cool. Cause I had yeah. so many cool shirts. Yeah. Cause I, had, I thought that would be like so much like a just my, a memory. Quilt. My favorite one. Um, uh, so I used to have one, we did a men's decathlon every summer. Oh, Walt so hated that shirt. I would Walt, make some smaller oh, shirts, but oh. I had one called mowing down the competition and that oh, was no, a that's fun not one. the one he hated. The, we put the stud in student ministry. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. It had this big old arm on it. It had an arm, but the arm was originally like all muscular, but I faded that out, make it look all wimpy. And then Walt I took the Olympic shirt. rings and I put our logo in the Olympic <laughs> rings. And Nice. Um, yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, we put the st- In fact, I wore it to a mission trip one time and the youth pastor that was there, his name is Luke Saunders and he is actually at a church in Hernando, Mississippi. Uh, he's pastor out there. He's a great dude. His wife is actually writing some youth girls Bible studies right now. Oh, fun. Uh, really smart. They're a great couple. But he looked at my shirt and he's like, dude, <laughs> can I please take it? I need to make that shirt. And I'm like, go for it. I don't care. It looks like it's going to bother me. <laughs> so Luke was a neat dude. I haven't reached out to him in forever. But um, but yeah, we. Well, I, it was fun. It was fun. So anyway, more about me, less about me, <laughs> more about Karen. You guys also, for a while there, uh, bred Chesapeake's, right? Uh, we did for a little bit. Uh, we still raised them. In fact, um, 
if y'all see circles under my eyes right now, it's because I am exhausted. We uh, just picked up a puppy a couple weeks ago in Kentucky, and it's been a hot minute since we've had a puppy, and I had forgotten how exhausting it can be um, because our other two that came out of our last litter are now 11, 11 this summer, and it was time to get the next generation of hunting buddy ready to go. And gosh, we're tired. For those of y'all who don't know, a Chesapeake is a Chesapeake Bay Retriever. Yeah. Not to be confused with a Labrador Retriever. Don't even say it to me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but not the same. To me, uh, Chesapeakes are a little bit more curly in their... They, they have uh, wavy wavy fur, a little bit more wiry, um, but definitely curly on the back. Um, they do look similar to... Uh, a chocolate lab, but they are a little bit bulkier, a little bit more rugged, a bigger uh, usually head on them, yeah. a little um, weigh a few pounds more than a lab well, and they're bred for cold water duck retrieval. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I want a labradoodle. I do not. <laughs> I just I, do want, not. I don't know that or a basset hound. No. I know everybody's like, don't get a basset hound because no. their backs are terrible. I'm like, I don't care. They're cool to look at and they're lazy like me. So. It's, <laughs> more of an identifying thing than it is just a comfort thing for me but but you guys have have had pets ever since i've known y'all oh yeah i mean yeah. you had at one point like what eighty thousand cats we have more now than we ever have and it was not <laughs> by design um we live out in the country for the those of you guys who don't know and people drop their pets off at us i don't know if we have an invisible sign that says we are suckers leave your pets here um also we have neighbors who don't um well it's probably their car barely made it down your road maybe and they're like well, i guess we're gonna stop here because if we yeah. go any further this is terrible maybe i don't know but but yeah and our neighbors don't um see the need to get their pets fixed and so we have had lots of cat litters born at my house um which is fun because baby cats are precious but then it's not fun when you're trying to find homes for them and people know you have baby anything at your house that you're trying to get rid of and when they see you come and they just run mm-hmm. so yeah i've tapped out all my friends and they all know i'll tell you so. right now if you get a baby chesapeake and you give me a friend's discount <laughs> i'm gonna be in it i'm ready i'm ready for another know. puppy Malia's I, think, not. I think this one is our our last puppy uh, uh because oh i don't know it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot but but yeah we've got 12 cats at the house right now. Um, we have four porch cats. We have... Some um, good Chinese food right there. Si- oh, don't make me come over there and punch you because I will. <laughs> uh, we've got six of our own cats in the house and two that come in and out. And then we've got two fosters, um, two little female fosters that we have gotten fixed and vet checked. They're healthy. So guys, spread the word. They need a home. Hopefully together, they're kind of a bonded pair. They're precious. One is black, uh, one is orange and white, and the other is calico. So. Nice. Well, so I'm not a cat cats. person. In fact, the cat that I do have at my house right now, he has finally come to the understanding that you are allowed to be outside. Mm-hmm. As soon as you step foot in the garage, there's a chance you're going to be helicoptered across the lawn. Oh, so, please, okay. But he understands. He says, okay, I mutually respect you. You mutually respect me, and we're going to be good. And I said, that's great. Okay. And he's like, well, where's my food? I'm like, your food is currently running around the yard. You need no. to go catch it and eat it. And he has done a fantastic job at that. No mice, no varmints, no snakes that I can see. Only a few bird catastrophes. There was a gopher one time. So 
<laughs> he has done a great job of taking care of the things that I don't want to deal with. So he gets to stay. Yeah, he gets to stay. But, uh, yeah. So let's talk about Walt for a second. Okay. Since he's not That's here. my favorite subject. I love yeah, him. Since he's not here. He's to, my favorite. He's not here to talk uh, for himself. Uh, Walt, it, one of the interesting things, we did a mission thing one day where we came out to y'all's house uh-huh. before you built the new house. Uh-huh. And we helped you guys do some demo on the old yeah. place. Um, with the youth group. He, he brought the, the youth, youth group, group yeah. there. Yeah. But I think my favorite thing was, instead of Walt like renting a piece of equipment and finishing carrying out <laughs> stuff and things like that, you sent me a picture one night and you're like, guess what, guys? And your house is on fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just burned it to the ground. Yeah, Walt was not, uh, he was super nervous about that. I was like, wee, this is, oh, look, it's burning. <laughs> And uh, he was a mess. Because that was technically a house that was on the property when you guys moved here, right? Oh, yes. This is property that's been in his family um, for ever. And uh, his grandfather had built that house. And we were sad we couldn't save it. But it was it just had so much damage when we moved up here that uh, we had it looked at. And they were like, listen, it's going to cost more for us to repair this because of the way that the house is built than to just start with a new one and it was a old house with like no closets and no drawers and I was like oh closets and drawers let's can we make a new one so that's what we did and uh you know because I like storage well my I think the thing that I loved after that is and you haven't really been here to really know a lot of the story but he decided at that point I'm going to build our house but I'm not going to take out any money to do it as we get money, mm-hmm. we will build on the house. Yeah, we were that, super into Dave Ramsey at that time, which we still love Dave Ramsey. Yeah, so. I think I remember hearing something about that, like when I first got hired, that he was mm-hmm. like building y'all's house himself. Yeah. And yeah. there's still some pieces to be done, right? There's a little bit left. We're we're almost there. We've got a little bit. Um, he still needs to build the cabinet fronts in my kitchen, and the stair rail and the stair treads uh, in the living room, and okay. the porch needs rails and painting and then we need skirting around the outside but other than that oh and we need tile in the laundry room but you but so people don't think that he's out there building like a 3,000 square foot house you guys opted for uh kind of a tiny house yeah yeah we went small and uh we were you know we were we wanted to downsize and and not kind not be minimalist but you know more along that vein and yeah, and and we didn't want any debt, so you know we'd gotten rid of our credit cards. We didn't want a mortgage loan, and it's taken us a while to to build this house. A while, <laughs> but we did. When did you start? We started. Gosh, is it like eight it's, years ago? Yeah, Charles? it's been like eight it's years. It's been eight years. Wow. Yeah, but but Walt's done it all by hand. He's had some friends from church come out and help with parts that he couldn't do by himself. That's and, awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, because we have zero debt. We own our cars and our house and all that, so. It's it's challenging, but it's it's really freeing at the same time because oh, yeah. you know we're free to, you know, have the jobs no mortgage, we want no car, and yeah 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 yeah. What it's I love nice. is there's such a simple plan of a house too, and mm-hmm. and uh, you walk in there and it's almost like this cute little like cottage that's tucked mm-hmm. back in the woods, and you're like, this is pretty sweet. <laughs> um, but it, it was always funny to me because Walt was like, I had to call someone, so I don't know what I'm doing on framing. And so he, he would call people and just learn it. But that's kind of his nature, oh, yeah. right? We, I mean, he's we a, pretty much built this house with <coughs> the help of YouTube. So Oh, yeah. YouTube, yeah. YouTube is the best friend. Yes. You can learn anything yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. But Walt's also a farrier, for those yes. of y'all who don't know. He shoes horses. 
um, that was always fun because he would do object lessons for youth with oh, that. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. He'd bring his shoeing trailer and he'd heat up this. Light up the forge and light up this get forge the anvil and start out. melting stuff and yeah. building a horseshoe out of nothing. A cross. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, he loved was, that. He loved that. But y'all, he doesn't uh, do horseshoeing full time anymore. He's not a full time farrier. He uh, went back to school, graduated three, four years ago now. Uh huh. Uh, at SFA, and now he teaches uh, science at Cushing Elementary, which is where I was working the last couple of years. Is he still doing ag too, though? Uh uh-uh, uh. I thought he was doing ag ag too on that. No, no. He well, he interviewed for the ag position, um, but ended up taking this elementary science lab teacher position. Uh, so he does lab for the whole school. That's and, cool. Oh my gosh, they love him. <laughs> I mean, everybody loves Walt. That's cool. I think if it were me, first day kids show up, I'd be like, let's blow something up today, guys. Oh, no, no. But uh, he says that the they ask alarm. him. It's yeah. pushing. They can he do that. He says they ask him, like, are we going to blow stuff up today? And he's like, no. Today I, we're going to learn the basic principles of Tannerite. Everybody yeah. get outside. But he did build a um, <laughs> catapult, a huge, like, six-foot-tall catapult, and That's did awesome. pumpkin chunking. Pumpkin chunking. So, yeah. yeah, which they loved. Does he still have it? Yes, uh, please come get it. No, no, no. I think that'd be a really cool fall festival thing. Oh, gosh. It's in my yard. Oh, yeah. and it's probably, I don't know. We could, we could, I need it out of my yard, We y'all. could raise money for missions. And <laughs> pay like $5 and you get to... For $5, you buy that pumpkin and then you get to chunk it. Yeah. Well, that pumpkin. could be a thing. We could go pumpkin out behind the, behind the church in that field. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. just set we up in the that. parking lot and Lob shoot it right up into suckers. the field. Yeah. <laughs> Launch them into the loop. No. No. <laughs> Ministry. This is outreach Wrong to our way community. To attract people. No. <laughs> you, you get them into your parking lot, right? We That's all that matters. Destroyed their car. As long but as you get them into your parking lot. Started a good conversation. <laughs> is it though? Is it? That's the type of things you oh, should get fired. That'd be a really cool like advertisement though to advertise for Fall Festival to put online just a pumpkin catapult like we all this suspenseful that. music. I, you know, you it. might actually be onto something. I don't know yeah. if you could use the one that's actually in our yard because it's been sitting out in the weather but i have probably build you another so one. i thought about a men's event where we actually get like an old car mm-hmm. bring it up here and a bunch of sledgehammers and oh, we just take i was turns. thinking y'all would fix something not destroy no, 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 no. something get like an old beater and just beat the fire out of it and then like eat barbecue while we're doing it and just oh be like gosh. yeah this is great i mean i guess i'm not a I dude think it'd be so. fun. they always did that at sfa during finals week like there'd be a some beater car that you could pay three bucks and Take a sledgehammer to it to get some like stress out for finals. <laughs> I think it's a great idea, but um, anyway, yeah, it's it's always fun, Karen, talking with you because there's so many. I think there's so many interesting things about just how you've got all these cool stories, like with your family. Because golly, we've known you guys for thirteen, almost thirteen years now. Yeah, yeah. Like I know your mom. Like I don't talk to your mom <laughs> regularly, but when she's in, it's like, oh, yeah. Jerry, it's good to see you. Yeah. you know, and. God, just the accolades of even your mom is, is incredible to me. I'm like, how do you sit on a board like that? Like, I don't understand how you even get to that position, but she's oh, got, yeah, my mom's awesome. She's got so many cool, uh, features and, yeah. um, your brother, we were talking about this this morning. Your brother's a <laughs> sailboat captain in the Caribbean. It's like stuff that you can't make up, you know, yeah. it's like, this is just, yeah, this is my yeah. family. So it's always cool to, to hear that story and, um, so kind of last thing, uh, you and Walt have always kind of taught here at Calvary, whether it's youth or I think when I started here, you were teaching college mm-hmm. at the time. And then you taught junior high, mm-hmm. um, when y'all were in Tomball, I think y'all were junior high teachers at mm-hmm. Tomball at first Tomball. Um, and then you taught 
what did you teach after that? There was something else you taught after that. Well, in between first Tomball and here, we were in a startup church. And yeah. so we all did everything. Uh, it, it's a lot of work. A startup church is a lot of work. Yeah. But I mean, here you've taught in most every area of the church or served in some capacity in yeah. most areas of the church. I taught some ladies Bible studies. That was fun. I missed that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. See, yeah. it just... But now you guys are teaching kind of the young adults, I'd say, young couples. Oh, yeah. It's uh, so different. I love it. I have been having a ball. Vault night. <laughs> man, we just are ha- It's really different, though, because, you know, I we were so used to, the, like, the way you talk to kids or teenagers or even college students is so much different than um, grownups. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just really different. So so what is your, I would say this, What's what's been your favorite group to teach here at Calvary. Of course, obviously what you're doing right now is great, but what's been your favorite group so far that you've taught? That's hard. Um, Cause I would say that there's things I like best about each of them. Um, right now, I, I, I would have to say right now where we're at is making me super happy. I just think that's where God's got us. And um, I think he's doing some really cool stuff with our group and I'm enjoying getting to know them and learn the word with them. And it's just, it's fun. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it is kind of neat because we started that group and you guys saw a passion for it. And I think the first Sunday y'all met, you outgrew your room and we're like, well, this isn't good. Like we're not supposed to have this problem, but, uh, but it was a cool problem though. (laughs) It was a cool problem. Um, but for you guys listening, I mean, uh, we do want y'all to know that uh, just like Karen, it's possible for you to serve. It's possible for you to do within your church. It's possible for you to jump in and get going. Um, yeah, and it doesn't have to look like the picture in your head. I mean, yeah, it can be. There's so many things you guys can do here. Um, and hopefully part of this new position that I've got, I'm going to try and, and connect what's happening in the front of the church, the office, with all of you guys, um, kind of make sure everybody knows what's going on and hopefully stir up a lot of interest and get everybody excited about jumping in and getting your hands dirty because that's what it's all about. That's awesome. Well, Travis, anything else you want to add or any other questions you've got? Nope. I'm just super excited that you're here and can help us with all of the, you know, advertising and communication of everything. So and oh, all, also you guys, Charles um, made me start using a Mac. So um, there's a severe learning curve I'm going through. But you did find You'll that love it. you did find that shortcut sticker that you, you're going to send us the awesome. link to I because am. the rest I of am. us Mac users are like, wait, what did you find here? <laughs> <laughs> we need that. Why have you, why have you been keeping yeah. a secret well, from us already? I knew all the PC shortcuts and I felt handicapped. And so I, I thought, well, surely there's a thing that tells you what that is. And I found the <laughs> sticker on Amazon. I was like, that shall be mine. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we definitely, I need uh, one, I know for sure, because I've been using a Mac for golly since seminary, and you were like, oh, you just do this, and I'm like, what is that? What magic did you just sorcerer <laughs> Control up? R, baby. Yes. Refresh. What a sorcerer you are. Um, so, well, Karen, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, and, you bet. Um, you guys that are listening, we just want you guys to know that uh, it's been a great time here. We've got a lot of cool things coming up. This Sunday is going to be our Celebrate Recovery Sunday, so we want to encourage you be here for that Sunday. Hear about this awesome ministry that God has placed uh, here at Calvary. You're going to hear from the leaders of that ministry, uh, Barbara and Billy Craver. And hopefully one day we can get them on the podcast. Barbara uh, has lots of great things, lots of ministry that she loves to do. And Billy is uh, helping in that and he's leading out in that too. So uh, we want to encourage you guys, come back Sunday, 
be a part of that. Um, it's such a great ministry tool that we do here at Calvary. But other than that, we hope that you guys are having a blessed week and a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. 